God, you are my refuge when my spirit feels weak. God, you are my refuge when my spirit feels weak. These are the prayers that bring us home. With Ramona Garcia and Gay Slomka, this is John Garland, and we're exploring the Psalms, this ancient prayer book of the Bible that teaches us a spiritual vocabulary of healing, resilience, and praise, even in abandonment. The prayers that bring us home. The Psalms are Jesus's prayer book, and we pray them communally each day with him and with our small group, and with the cloud of pilgrims around the world today, and with the cloud of pilgrims back through the many centuries. And we pray these psalms with you. We're glad you joined us. Gay and I are going to chat a little bit about today's Psalm 142. Um, wow, how would you describe this psalm, Gay? Oh, John, I think that this is really an important psalm for all of us to know that it is okay to say, God, I feel like you have abandoned me. Yeah. Yeah, this is coming. These are these five psalms that come into the shadow of Psalm 139, this epic, beautiful prayer of intimacy with God. And now we're really, I mean, we're diving deep into human psychology. And um, but uh, here it's really we're diving deep into the suffering. Um, well, let's let's begin with this distilled prayer from Psalm 130, 142. And then we'll listen to all of Psalm 142. And then Gay will come back and, and talk about it. God, you are my refuge when my spirit feels weak. Psalm 142 Maskell of David when he was in the cave, a prayer. I cry out with my voice to Yahweh. With my voice, I implore Yahweh for compassion I pour out my complaint before him. I declare my trouble before him. When my spirit felt weak within me, you knew my path. In the walk where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, for there is no one who regards me favorably. There is no escape for me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, Yahweh. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Give your attention to my cry, for I have been brought very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring my soul out of prison, so that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will look after me. Amen. Wow, so here we are in Psalm 142. This is after this amazing, intimate Psalm 139, this deep connection with God. And here we have a Psalm of deep suffering. Uh, and we're in these five Psalms that are really, um, you know, pulling us into this reality. We've been on the mountaintop and then coming down we experience um, uh, so much hurt, so much attack. And here it's all about abandonment. Um, it's about abandonment gate. What, what do you, what's your first uh, response to this Psalm? Uh, I've been there. I've been in that cave. 
Um, yeah, this is a psalm that lets us know that when we are in that place where we feel abandoned and feel alone, that that feeling is a little misplaced because even though we have this feeling of being alone, God is there with us. When my spirit felt weak within me, God knew my path. And it's hard to be in that cave when you, um, and I think it, it's most important that when you are feeling that, that you do remember that God is our refuge. I, yeah, that that and you know my path. I mean, that's a straight out of Psalm 139. It's like, you know everything about me. You know where I'm going. You know where I've been. You know what I'm thinking right now. You know what I'm thinking before I even know what I'm thinking. You know me really well. So, but as we're praying that in Psalm 139 in this incredible intimacy with God, it's like, this is going to be great. <laughs> and then, and yeah. then it's like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Yeah. And I think... um a lot of times, um, superficial religion, and I don't actually think it matters what religion it is, yeah. um, but any superficial religion is going to give this impression because it's good marketing. It's going to give this impression. If you buy my product, your life is going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. and, and we have that in American Christianity where you say, if you believe the right things, if you act in the right ways, um, then you'll sort of live the life of the Proverbs. Everything will go well for you. Um, and Christianity or the way of Jesus is actually the way through suffering. Um, and one of this remarkable, powerful moments, I think in all uh, faith walks, uh, happens in verse four right here, where you say to God, look, Look at my right, look at my left, look around me, look at the trap I am in. And then you say to God, no one cares. You say to God in this prayer, no one cares for my soul. You're saying that to the God who created you and knit you together. And then you just let that prayer sit there. And then God is going to reflect something back very, very differently. And we have this really profound movement in verse five through seven. Um, but there's something, there's something really important to be given spiritual permission, emotional permission to say that to God. Um, and, and, um, and, and know that this is not a religion of self-help. This is not a faith movement of self-improvement. Uh, this is not about getting us out of suffering. This is about getting us through suffering. What happens at the end of this psalm, Gay? Uh, bring my soul out of prison so that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me for you will look after me. Talk about that word. Gamal, is that the word? 
Yeah, it's it's the same word that we fell in love with in Psalm one thirty one. It's it's can translated there as weaned. Yeah, I'm a weaned child leaning against my mother. Um, here it is: the righteous will surround me, and you will. It doesn't work in English, but you will wean me. You will let me. You will deal with me adequately. You will bring me to this point of 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 being um, ripened or. Um, uh, strong, um, or, um, I, I, how do you, what's a good translation for a wean? I don't know. I was just thinking about when we talked about wean before it's that, that, that wean child against its mother, that wean child no longer needs the milk from its mom, but, but just leaning in and feeling that comfort and not having to be there, but but wanting to be there just to be feel that presence. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's such a beautiful image. And I, you know, I can't help but think this is like a small version of Psalm 22, you know, the crucifixion Psalm. Yeah. This is crying out at the beginning, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then the Psalm ends with this image of the righteous are surrounding me and we're just praising. Um, and Psalm 22 is kind of bouncing back and forth, swinging back and, and forth but from the from the profound abandonment uh, to this intimacy with God. Um, and this is almost like a like a shortened version of that. Um, and now the superscription we'll just we'll end here. Superscription <laughs> of this is when when the beloved one, the the David was in the cave, um, and. I mean, I'm not a Jungian psychologist, but <laughs> <laughs> there are these multiple stories of David in the cave. Yeah. Um, and each one of those stories in the Hebrew scriptures, it all it all points to every time David is in the cave, there is always this this very mystical and powerful transformation. And this it's it's horrible. All the stories are horrible. One yeah. is pretty gross and and comical. Um, but then, but then you have this transformation. And then of course, our Messiah is in the cave. We, you know, you know, mythically, we understand the tomb yeah. as the cave. Um, and and this is where the resurrection power um, invades uh, the land of the living. You have this resurrection power that um, it was, you know, if you're reading the Gospel of John, you know, you're you're sort of seeing this happen with, um, uh, you know, the the resurrection of his good friend coming out of the tomb, uh, having to unwrap himself. Yes. Yeah. But the uh, then, then we have this this image here. So this is very much I, I think whenever we as Christians see the word cave, we immediately start thinking mythically about resurrection. Um, yeah. or, or if you I'm not a I don't understand psychology super well, but it's 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 opening up this doorway to this deep subconscious place where you feel completely abandoned and trapped and lost and in the dark and this is where you get to say to god you don't care and then you get to keep going keep praying uh, to that place where you say you are my portion you are caring for me adequately i am surrounded by a circle of the righteous and we are praying to your name.
You know, John, I think this is such an important prayer because every being on this planet is going to go through suffering. That's that's the broken world we live in. And I think sometimes as Christians, we think it's not okay to be angry at God or to tell God, where are you? You know, I am here suffering. And I think these this psalm lets us know that God wants us to be able to do that. God wants our honesty. And, and through that honesty, he's going to be there listening. We may not feel it at the moment, but the, the reality is, is he wants to be there with us and bringing us through that. Love it. Thanks, Kate. Thank you, John. God, you are my refuge when my spirit feels weak. God, you are my refuge when my spirit feels weak. God, you are my refuge when my spirit feels weak. Isn't it amazing to pray with the Messiah? These ancient prayers, they were held by an enslaved people through the horrific exile in Babylon and crafted and organized and woven together into this prayer book to heal an entire nation and and the whole world. These prayers that Jesus used and lived into and unveiled and gave to us, gave to all of us through the centuries to pray together. These are the prayers that bring us home. Well, blessings you all. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, may the peace of Christ walk with you on your long journey home. We are all going home.